Welcome to the NutriNet Podcast. This is Raisa, your host, and today we welcome registered dietitian Carol. On previous episodes, we've talked about our own relationship with nutrition and wellness. But what about our routine when it comes to our partner? And for those currently looking for love, how important is your eating habits? Should you disclose this on your dating profile? That and much more. Enjoy! Hey, Carol. Thank you so much for joining me on the NutriNet Podcast. How are you? Thank you for having me, Riza. I'm great. Thank you. So um, Carol and I uh, also went to a nutrition school a little while back. It's been so long. I can't. <laughs> I actually had a conversation <laughs> with Megan a couple of weeks back uh, that she also oh, went to. Oh, Megan. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She went to with us and we were just um, amazed at how long it has been. So I'm having this exact same kind of reaction and moment with you. (laughs) Um, So I think a nice little introduction for our listeners. Um, Carol, would you be so kind and gracious (laughs) to share a little bit about yourself? And you can include some like three fun facts about you. I do follow your uh, social media. So I know that you are a very fun girl. Like I I love everything you do. I'm always like, oh my gosh, Carol's in this place. Carol's doing that. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you so much. As you have heard, we went to get our master's in nutrition together what a journey that was and I find myself doing math like how wait a minute two years ago three years ago four years ago how long ago did we do this it's been a while (laughs) I think think we we graduated maybe six years ago I think almost oh my gosh okay but we're still just as close friends thanks to social media (laughs) (laughs) yeah the benefits of social media there we go (laughs) perfect and fun facts um, I think the first thing that I typically tell people is that I'm Costa Rican, even though I've been in Miami most of my life and I did live in Tampa for some time during my undergraduate, I still feel very deep down Pika, which is what we call Costa Ricans. Okay. And um, okay, now that it's summertime, something you need to know about me, I am a master floater. I will oh. float at the pool at the beach for hours I will alienate all my friends and family and just melt into the water like nothing will take me down (laughs) (laughs) so so you basically do you know that there's that new kind of spa treatment where you can float or meditation right that you float in a pod so that's basically not way to go (laughs) (laughs) so you'll do really well on that one okay so that's fact number two (laughs) yes that's the next thing I need to try, those little deprivation little pods. Yeah, uh-huh. I actually did, uh, on a little side note here, here I did try it uh, one time, but I am kind of claustrophobic. So um, I was nervous beforehand already. I'm like, oh my gosh, being closed in a, a little pod, you know, in the dark. The dark doesn't bother me as much, but the fact mm-hmm. of being locked and... Closed um, in. Yeah, closed in. Uh, so I am sad to say that I was never brave enough to, clo- <laughs> to close ah. the pod because you can't keep it open. But it was, still, uh, it was still a very freeing and amazing experience. So really do recommend. But didn't want to cut you off on your facts. So what's the <laughs> you wanted to share? <laughs> no, no, I'm so glad. Now, now we both have to try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So if there was an Olympic sport for floating, I think I would win. There we go. Another thing I tried to do recently, um, and we're looking for a new recruit. There is a league of ladies arm wrestling here in South Florida, if you didn't know. So oh this God. last December, <laughs> I was able to compete. And my alter ego is Stella Aldrin. So I'm an astronaut. I've been to Mars. Mission accomplished. My next mission is to win this arm wrestling competition. It is a hilarious evening. I recommend it for anybody. <laughs> Even if you're not arm into wrestling or theater, I mean, it's going to be a hoot. So well, um, I'll keep you posted when good. the next match is. Great. Yeah, yeah. I would love to to see that. I only saw the pictures and they looked really fun, actually. <laughs> I'm like, what is Carol up to right now? <laughs> I, I just went for it. I just went for it. I have no idea what got into me. <laughs> so did someone tell you about it or you just, you saw it online kind of thing and you're like, huh, this is something that looks fun to try? My really good friend posted on Instagram because she was friends with the producer back in high school. So, you know, there's social media again, connecting us all. (laughs) (laughs) And then I tried out and and there I was, a real character on stage, on wrestling. (laughs) And you picked your character, the astronaut. Yes. Yeah? That was my, my dream job. So if I wasn't a dietitian, I would definitely be up there in space. <laughs> oh, okay. I did not know that about you. See, that's why I love asking about uh, for people to share like three little fun facts. Because I didn't know about <laughs> floating. <laughs> I knew about Rica, uh, which by the way, that is like my, one of my dream locations right now to do a retreat in because I just see the pictures and it looks absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh my God, um, they do. So... Now that we know a little bit more about you, um, so you didn't become an astronaut, right? So how did you end up? (laughs) Unfortunately, I have very interesting eyesight, according to my ophthalmologist. (laughs) (laughs) What what does that mean? So uh, the type of vision problems that I have for my age are not typically seen. So with my nearsightedness, my farsightedness, my stigmatism, all of that disqualified me from being a pilot. So. Oh, but it made you a great registered dietitian. So how did you get into and the I, journey? But sorry. Yes, oh, that's absolutely the path that I was meant to be on because it just evolved slowly through my own search for health, my own search for how to feel good. I had um, some digestive problems. When I left my house to go to um, USF in Tampa, I had no idea how to feed myself. You know, my mom always cooked for me. Now I was moving away. I was living on my own. Pizza, hot dogs, the meal plan, whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, but nothing had fiber. So I had some little digestive problems and that landed me in the clinic at my university. And they're like, this is easy. Don't worry. Just go talk to our school counselor, a dietitian. Her name is Kim May. I still think of her because wherever you are, Kim May, you taught me that being a dietitian is a job. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. 
no idea anything about nutrition, about dietitians being a thing. But when I sat in her office and she did a food recall and I realized what my eating patterns were and what they were lacking and how I could feel better and I did feel better when I made these changes, that was the most eye-opening thing. And from there, it was just taking lots of classes and and just falling in love with it. Everything I kept learning, I felt falling in love with with public health, with health, with prevention, and eventually, here I am, a dietitian. <laughs> you know, I, I always tell people that I think that the, the career that we're in is just so amazing because it's not only a job, but everything that we learn, it's for us as well. So I, I, I love learning more. That, that's why, like, it's not about um like let's say if you were an astronaut right and you had to update <laughs> on the latest technology or or but that's still not a, a personal thing that's not about you it's not about your body it's about the mm -hmm. job and when it comes to what we do um us doing the research and and learning more actually it's not even about the job anymore i mean it helps but but it helps us even more and we actually get to see the difference in ourselves. So I find our profession just absolutely amazing. And I love, I did not know this about you either, that that's kind of how you got into the nutrition path because you actually went through something and, and you found a way to, to improve your health just by making those tweaks in nutrition. So very cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so shout out to Kim May, my there we first go. dietitian. <laughs> You know, I, I actually also didn't really know about the profession and the way that I picked is in Brazil, the system is a little bit different when you're going to go to college. You don't, you have to actually, as soon as you're done with high school, when you're applying to college, you have to know already the profession that you're going to get into because there are these tests that you have to apply, like you can't apply for a general and then go into your specific major. You, you have to apply I want to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer. I want to be a dietitian. And then you take the oh test. For, yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure for someone who's 17. <laughs> yeah, um, goodness. And I was never the person that had like, oh, my dream was to become a dietitian because like I didn't even, I didn't know what it was, right? Um, so literally, and I'm telling you exactly how the process was. My sister sat with me in our bedroom. We shared a be a, the bedroom when we were... Um, in our teens. And she basically started reading career paths that I could apply for this test. And then she's like, oh, nutritionist. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. You know, like I like food and like, I like to, to cook a little bit. <laughs> that was literally okay. my knowledge. And that's kind of how I got to it and loved every, every moment of it basically, and have never looked back after that. So that was how I got into nutrition. <laughs> Wow, so different. Yeah. But we all make our own way, our own journey there. And like you said, I think it comes from within, like finding what's best for us. And then we just want to share that with other people because we become passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of sharing with other people and passion, I actually wanted to dive into, uh, for this specific episode, how... Um, like about, about nutrition and relationships, basically, and specifically 
from the point of view from someone who is in the field, uh, like you and I, right, that we are both mm -hmm. nutritionists and we're both in relationships. And actually, you have been married for how many years now? Oh, my gosh. Are you ready for this number? Because I don't <laughs> even believe it. <laughs> so next month will be our 12th year anniversary. Oh, my God. One, two. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's like from being married or from knowing each other? Married. Married. Wow. That's married. <laughs> oh, so so you, technically you've been together for longer then. So we've been together for 15 years. Oh, wow. And I've known him for 18 years. So it was gradual. You know, we were friends. And we started dating. And we got married. There was a <laughs> few years in between each step. But <laughs> definitely we did not let go of each other. Like Even you... when I moved away to Tampa, he, we did a long-distance relationship. And eventually he moved back up. So oh, wow. a long time. Wow. Yeah. How was the long distance? I mean, it's, it's always such, it's a challenge for you to even like relationships take work and dedication. Right. And that's when oh, yeah. you're face to face. So I think like that even doubles when, when you're away and you have to just make even more of an effort um, to, to be there for the person because you're not physically there. Right. So I mean, kudos to mm -hmm. you guys. You, you really, that's an amazing uh, and successful relationship story right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And it was before there was FaceTime, okay? <laughs> it was when landlines uh, would charge you long distance to call from Miami to Tampa. So it was a different time. <laughs> it was definitely like little obstacles that you guys overcame that probably even made your relationship stronger because you survived long distance without FaceTime. That is like, <laughs> that is a heck of an accomplishment. So congratulations again. <laughs> Thank you. So do you feel that, um, so you've been, you guys have known each other for a very long time and you guys knowing each other before you became a nutritionist, during the process and after, do you feel that, um, like, do you feel that basically there was uh, a difference in your relationship once you started diving into this area or not so much? Like the dynamics of it, do you feel it changed a little bit? Do you know what I mean? Like um, be you become more aware, basically. Could, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I can absolutely say that our eating habits evolved. I mean, we went from not knowing anything about how to eat when we were just out there in the world after uh, high school to now I know what to do but let's actually practice it we started cooking things at home that we never grew up eating in the Colombian Costa Rican Cuban households there was no kale no zucchini and now we're making noodles out of vegetables <laughs> so I think that definitely learning about nutrition impacted our eating habits together. Okay. And so he's the kind of person then that um, listens to your advice and kind of goes to you for, for health and wellness uh, tips and education. Like, is that something that happens or not so much? I am his personal Google. <laughs> 
He's like, hey, Carol, how many calories is in this? Hey, Carol, is this good? Is this bad? Hey, Carol. And I love it because then later I hear him telling that advice to somebody else. And I'm like, wow, you're so smart. (laughs) Well, it's good to see that he listens because you know that a, a lot of times, like, especially when it's like in family, I think that people have a hard time seeing you in that light as the authority in this specific area because they're so used to, I mean, they've seen you as a kid or as a teenager um, making mistakes and eating junk food, things like that. And then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden you grow into this career and you change your life and um, you become the authority in this specific uh, subject. And I feel that when it comes to family, sometimes they're they're still seeing you as that little girl, you know? Absolutely. There's still some things that are very close to people's hearts that they're not ready to to change. They're like, well, Carol, does it really have a lot of sugar? I'm like, I mean, it's right there on the label, but, (laughs) you know, I like to be as clear and factual as I can be when I give advice to especially friends and family because I do it from the heart. But sometimes emotions get in the way. Like they love that food and, and I'm never trying to take anybody's food away, but we do have different views and Google is accessible to everybody. So uh, for example, one thing that we debate about is um, carbs. My husband has sworn off carbs and I'm like, no, carbs are a macronutrient. You know, I definitely need them. I need to know which ones are complex, full of fiber and what portions. And, and I play with these things throughout the day. And he has a different approach. So yeah. there's, there's some authority, but there's other topics that are hot, like carbs. <laughs> yeah, carb is a, a very hot one. Because then you're also, in a way, you're, you have to, I, I, I don't want to use the word compete, but right now I, I, I guess that's, that will have to do. But you're basically competing with all the um, Google info. You're competing with Google, basically. <laughs> I'm most of all Tim Ferriss. (laughs) I mean, you're what? Sorry. I'm competing most of all in my house with Tim Ferriss. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My husband's obsessed with him. He's just trying to hack everything. I'm like, I don't want to hack a thing. I (laughs) want to just take it slow and take my time and learn a lesson and enjoy my journey. It's, It's different mindsets. Yeah, for sure. It is. And uh, it, like you said, it's, it's part of the journey and, and hacking things sometimes doesn't even really allow you to fully adapt, uh, to fully take in what's happening, right? Um, changes usually, for, for me at least, and in my experience, you can't really hack life changes like that. <laughs> you, need, like, you need to actually uh, work yourself to, to things so you can fully adapt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, anything can be done in the short term, in my view, and like about the long term results. That's really where you're going to get benefits. Yeah, that, that and is that absolutely. takes time. Mm-hmm. It sure does. So would you say so you, you touched up a little bit on it already. So basically, you guys did make some changes together in terms of eating habits. Um, but like you both got into a healthier journey once you started getting into the profession. But do you, would you say that 
so you guys don't really share the same eating habits because he has the 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 things with carbs and like as you and I kind of embrace carbs so he the eating habits basically do change like when you guys go out to restaurants things like that is there um a difference do you have to be more mindful about what one does and what one doesn't and just to clarify a little bit kind of where I'm going with this is I'm actually a pescatarian and uh JP eats meat so typically when we go out or when we're going to do something we he actually is really awesome about the entire thing and and he tries to find options that will suit me so does that kind of thing happen with you guys too I love that he does that. Absolutely. Um, we, we definitely need to have, it's come a long way, to be honest, Isa, because we wanted to be on this journey together, eating healthy. But then I'm a man, woman, he's a man. I need to maybe maintain weight. Maybe he wants to lose weight. Maybe he wants to gain muscle weight. Like we had so many differences in what our bodies needed in addition to what our bodies felt good eating. So it was a little bit of a struggle trying to find that middle ground. So right now we're doing two very separate things. He does intermittent fasting. I eat every four hours. <laughs> so very different. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not on a schedule, but it's definitely when my body starts giving me those hunger cues. So I'm, I'm a mindful eater. If whatever time it is, it just happens to coincide around three or four hours that I kind of need a little something. Whereas he will fast for a day or two or, and I don't know, he's just exploring that aspect of it. Um, and then he's a big on eating meat. And more and more, I am leaning towards meatless dishes. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're finding that common ground. Now he's telling me that, you know what, Carol, I love your ratatouille. And he calls it Carol Tui, actually. Um, <laughs> if, if you make Carol Tui on Monday, then I will have a meatless meal. And I was like dancing for joy, you know, because now we found another way to meet in the middle where we can. I have those delicious vegetables and I cut back on animal products because it's my beliefs and the environment and there's so many reasons right mm-hmm. um well he gets to still enjoy the foods that he wants throughout the week yeah that's that's great and I actually completely feel you when you were saying about the like the eating intervals one of the things mm-hmm. that was most challenging in terms of my relationship was actually the eating times wasn't so much like finding a thing for both of us to eat, but dinner, for example, he's very, he's used to having dinner um, later at nighttime. And like he says, oh, the sun's still out basically, you know, so he can't have dinner before that. And I'm the kind of person that I love having dinner at like five or six, you know, and, and I don't like eating and going to bed. So that was very challenging for us because it was just with a three, almost like a three hour gap in between. And it's like, okay, I'll try to wait a little bit longer. He can try to bring it up a little bit closer. And that's something that we haven't a hundred percent figured out yet. So the, I definitely related when you were saying (laughs) that you eat every four hours and he's trying intermittent fasting. So 
<laughs> with you on that, Carol. <laughs> what a great point. But it's well, I what I have had to do right now is I have had to become the the queen of snacks. <laughs> because if I get hangry, it's just not fair for him. <laughs> you yeah. gotta have that little bit of fuel in your purse just in case. That's true. And also we know that if we're also denying our cues, like in the case of you and I. Uh, when we do eat, we're gonna, and that happens to me whenever I would try to wait until his dinner time, I would just devour everything because I was just so hungry. I was like past my point already. Um, yeah. and also it, it wasn't fair for him to go too early because he wasn't hungry yet. So, um, mm-hmm. that's why relationships is about compromising. It's about, um, you know, finding what works for both of you right? So Carol, we're going to take just a quick little break and we'll be back after these announcements. Do you want to meal prep, but you don't know where to start, don't want to break the bank, can't find the time in your busy schedule, and feel extremely overwhelmed just by the idea of being in the kitchen? Well, I'm here to tell you three things. You can meal prep, It can be done inexpensively and quickly, and you don't have to be a master chef to succeed. All you need is the NutriNet 5-Step Guide Meal Prep Like a Boss. Here, you'll get all the tools you need to be as much of a rock star at meal prepping as you are in life. Get your guide at the NutriNet website at www.thenutrinet.com. So we talked a little bit about um, meeting ha- meeting your partner halfway, right? When it comes to your preferences and, uh, and the types of foods and the time when you're going to eat. And what when you want something that's considered unhealthy, right? Um, and whether it's unhealthy, I, I feel that it has a different meaning for people. Like if, like in the example with you guys what's unhealthy for you might not be unhealthy for him and vice versa. But when you're eating something that's considered unhealthy, whether it's for you or for for him, do you feel like it's an issue sometimes? Do you feel that like he kind of looks at you kind of funny or, or makes a comment or do you feel like you're losing that authoritative figure position? Any of that happen? With my husband, not at all because we've been together for so long. He's seen me eat so many things. <laughs> like, uh, I'm first Carol, and he knows I'm a foodie, and I love to eat food. And second, I'm a dietitian. So I really don't put anything off limits because of unhealthy, like, oh, I can't get caught eating an Oreo. Like, I, I don't believe in that. <laughs> um, okay. But he does give me the look like when he wants to add a little bit salt to his food he knows I'm gonna be like do you really need salt you know I try to talk about how it's not good to put so much salt on something that's already heavily salted so I I might get a little look there and do you feel that usually it's taken in like he takes it well like do you do you know how to talk about it because there's a fine line sometimes on 
when it comes off as an education and constructive, right? Or when it can come off mm-hmm. as a little bit on the nagging side, um, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that when I eat out with other people, they get a little bit nervous. They're like, oh, I'm eating with a dietitian. What can I order around her? And they want me to order first. And when I'm with him, I don't want him to feel that pressure. I want him to feel like he can eat as whatever amounts he wants and add however much salt he wants. And I don't want him to feel restricted, like I'm judging him. And I definitely don't want to nag because you can't be married for 12 years if you're nagging all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it can be, it, it doesn't, I, I wasn't saying that you were nagging in a sense, but sometimes you can share a message with a certain intention and it comes off in a different way, right? And the person takes it. It's hard for, oh, yeah. for you to be like criticized or to receive that kind of, uh, feedback that you're doing something and, and like, Hey, try this. Right. So I think from our end as well, it's how we deliver the message and, and learning how the person's going to take it and how to deliver the message in a way that that person will understand it with our intention, as opposed to the whole nagging feel. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm and- still working on that, to be honest. And I think that I'm, it depends on who you're with, what kind of relationship with Lewis. It's I think he knows a lot of what I'm thinking just by looking at him. So, uh, <laughs> well, so that's it, what, it gets away from that. <laughs> that's what communication is, though. You, it, you, you know, you, it's, it's about learning how the other, it's not about how, it's not about talking. It's about learning how the other person takes the information. And, and as couples, like you said, just by a look, you kind of already know. So if you see that he is in a place that, is not going to be receptive to the information, then you kind of tend to, you know, keep to yourself kind of thing or, or find like a different way to talk to them kind of. And that for me, I'm not saying specifically in food, but just in general, right? At least that's how I feel from my personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I was, what you were saying about um, when people, that people get nervous when <laughs> they eat out with, with you. And I'm like, yes, oh my gosh. Like some, I prefer half of the time to not really say what I do or because once they find out, I feel that there is, they feel pressured. They also put a lot of pressure on us because oh, yeah. they're basically watching your every move, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to get dessert? Mm -hmm. Go ahead, sorry. (laughs) No, go ahead. (laughs) Like, are you eating carbs? Yeah, and carbs. Like you said, carbs. (laughs) I will. I will eat my desserts. I will have my carbs, but I'm going to be choosy about it and I'm going to stop when I feel satisfied. And that is my journey. And I just, I, also deter from telling people that right away because now they think that now I'm going to want to put them on a diet and I I don't want to put you on a diet I want to help you find the foods that you like and make you feel the best and they're not going to be the foods that I eat so don't don't worry what I'm ordering (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and there are cases that I mean we, we each have 
um, we each react differently to food. So some people have certain intolerances. Um, some people don't digest things very well. Like there are people that don't digest beans very well. Uh, there are yeah. people that have gluten intolerances. So you can't just look at what someone else is ordering or follow someone else's diet or listen to other people's advice without analyzing what it does to yourself. So yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Like don't, don't mimic what we're doing because we're doing what works for us. Yeah. And I never try to shame people. So please don't shame dietitians out there for ordering their Sundays. Okay. <laughs> we're people too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it's, it's not like the good and the bad. We actually talked a lot about that with um, Megan and um, two episodes ago, but there is a lot of that. And there is a lot of that that falls on us as well, because like we mentioned a little bit earlier, they feel judged, but they are also secretly or openly judging us and what we're doing. So I agree, guys. Mm -hmm. You know, we are human beings. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to take like an interest, uh, interesting direction over here. So you've been in a relationship for a very long time and um, you figured out along the way communication, like making things work when it comes to everything, including wellness. So for those that are looking for love and relationships, um, realistically speaking, most people are looking for love and relationships and things like that. There are, or they are on, oh my gosh, I'm getting tongue tied, on online dating websites. And do you feel that's something that they should address from the beginning what their their preferences are do you feel it makes a difference or you wouldn't really you that's not something that you find that it's like such an important component to add do you know what I mean wow yeah that's such an interesting question <laughs> uh, because it's absolutely important right we feed our bodies every day typically <laughs> and it's going to be a routine that you have to be able to pull and tug to find that middle ground for both of you. But at the same time, I would never limit the person I would seek out a relationship with based on their eating habits, because those things are going to be modified throughout time, throughout experiences. You know, I used to never like pickles 2019. Now I like pickles, you know, <laughs> who knew <laughs> things oh. evolve. I actually wanted to share with you a personal story that that's the reason why I was thinking of this specific question. Um, before I met JP, um, I was using a few websites and I ended up meeting a few people. Right. And I remember there was one person in particular that um, basically he never ate vegetables. And at the time, granted, I was not a pescatarian. I still had um, meat, chicken, things like that. Uh, but I have always loved vegetables. I was already a nutritionist at the time. And that is something I got to say, it really bothered me because I, I, <laughs> I just That's couldn't. weird to me yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see myself uh, being with someone who didn't believe in eating vegetables. And, and it sounds like, something may be silly, but um, do you feel that in the long run, like, like, obviously that didn't work out for other reasons. It wasn't because of the vegetables. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
I think it would have been a, a very big issue, especially because of my beliefs and of my profession and um, how I try to live my life. And that's why I'm like, huh, um, should people, like how, should they be open about this? Should they address this in the beginning? Um, or I guess it depends how important it is. How do you, how do you feel about it? Oh my God, that is so interesting. I know. <laughs> if I saw my husband's profile and it said that I fast on Sundays, I would be like, hell no, I love brunch. Uh, <laughs> and if it, and if I read on that profile that he loves eating uh, meat every time he can, and I'm here trying to like go a little pescatarian and sometimes vegetarian, flexitarian is really what I do. I'm flexible about what I eat. Mm-hmm. I I might have been turned off by those eating qualities, but they're not what make up the person. So I, I think that it's important to discuss it, but don't base your relationship on it because hopefully they're adventurous and they want to keep trying new, new foods with you, new culinary experiences in the kitchen, finding new dishes that you both can enjoy. Yeah, I really like that. And and growing together, right? Like you changing a little bit. Because in relationships, in the end of the day, we're always changing. And we, we change together. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Carol, I had a, a blast, actually, <laughs> talking <laughs> about relationships with you. Because it actually brings me back to, to school years, basically, when you're talking about your crushes and your relationships. And you're having, like girl talk so this has been a really really uh fun time for me thank you so much likewise Um, i wanted to for for those that are listening to the episode and as you know carol is a dietitian and for a little bit of of what she shared you kind of get a sense of her style of practice she's also into the mindfulness component into finding what works for you into um nutrition is not a a one diet, right, for everyone kind of approach. So this is definitely Carol's path as well. So if someone's interested in in working with you, um, how how can they reach you? Can they have virtual sessions? Because we are all located in South Florida. So if someone is, let's say, in England, because we do have listeners, so... (laughs) Uh, can they work? Yeah, right. Uh, can they, they work with you? Can you share how they can contact you? Yeah, absolutely. That definitely sums up my style. And at carolchoice at gmail dot com, and that's Carol with a K. Choice, as in there are many choices to how we feed our bodies, and I think that it's individual. So. I'm not going to be pushing my choices on you, but carolschoice at gmail.com is where you can contact me so that I can help you make the best choices for whatever your goal is or if you have uh, something that you want to work on specifically or just want to be more mindful about what you eat. Um, definitely we could do some stuff virtually or in person if you're in the Miami area. If you want to just see my own personal journey on Instagram, it's Carol underscore Miami. Again, Carol with a K. And you can see that I like to eat all kinds of foods and you can see me arm wrestling there too. (laughs) (laughs) 
she does have a very fun Instagram. So I, I highly recommend that you guys uh, check that out. And you also have a blog, right? Oh my goodness. My blog has been neglected. Um, <laughs> so basically Instagram is continued. the best place. Okay. So Instagram is the best place, guys. <laughs> yes. I, when I became a renal dietitian, it has consumed me so much. But thank you for reminding me. I got to boost up my little blog again. Mm -hmm. So uh, before we actually uh, wrap up the episode, you mentioned that you are working, you're a renal dietitian. So what is that? Um, Can you explain a little bit what that includes? Yes, of course. So when it comes to renal nutrition, we're basically focusing on the kidney function. My patients are in the end stage of renal disease. So on stage five is when they need dialysis. Basically, they're hooking up to a machine to get their blood cleaned and any fluids that need to be removed, excreted out since they can't urinate anymore. So it's very important that my patients come three times a week to the clinic and that's where I get to see them and bond with them and talk about what they eat, help them with their lab results, make sure that they're feeling their best, get the best quality of life they have and it's been really rewarding because I get to see them all the time. We've become like family. Oh, that's amazing, Carol. And uh, that's really great work and um, like, like really life-changing. So thank you for, for sharing that and also explaining it so well what, what it's about and what it includes. Because uh, a lot of people, if you're not exposed to it, you might not be that familiar with everything that's included, right? So I think you did an awesome job explaining that. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, so I guess that's a wrap for our episode. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the NutriNet podcast. Have a wellness story to share with us? Submit it at risa at thenutrinet.com for a chance to be featured on our upcoming episodes. Until next time.